Welcome to the sermon podcast of Kusada Baptist Church. We want to be a lighthouse to guide you on your journey through life. Listen as our pastor, Dr. Jim Graham, shares a message from God's Word and offers sound biblical direction for your daily life. Uh, we've been uh, walking through the book of Jeremiah, and last week we talked about connecting with God, and we're going to piggyback on that this week. Um, Last week we looked at Jeremiah chapter 2 and there's this verse that really jumped out at, to me and you'll see why when, we, uh, when I share it with you later in the message. But what Jeremiah's argument was to the people was uh, he used water and he talked about being thirsty and he talked about how we all need to drink water but it doesn't make sense to trade a fresh spring water for nasty water. No one would do that. It doesn't make sense. And that if you have access to who Jesus Christ is in your life, why would you put anything else in your life above that? Why would you put anything else in your life before that, right? So that was his argument about water. And then he made the point, you know, when we hydrate, when we drink, like we, you do that throughout the day. You know, you start your morning with it, you, you drink throughout the day, all day long. <clears throat> your body needs it, your body craves it. And so what we talked about is that process of connecting with God all the way through every day. That we, we spend time with the Lord, that we stay connected to the Lord, and it's far more than showing up on a Sunday morning and, and doing this. This is a huge thing, an important thing, where we're gathering with other people and worshiping Him and hearing a message and, you know, those kind of things. But, but that daily personal connection with God is, is huge for us. And so what happens on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday? And I challenged you last week to, to try that, to walk with God throughout the week and throughout each day, like multiple times during the day, making sure you're connected to God. And so I'm glad you're here this morning, but, and I don't, I'm not trying to get on to you, but here's my guess. I think for some of us, if that was a new thing uh, to try, that we might not have made it past Monday, you know? I mean, we try things like that. When you're trying to start something new, it's hard to get it going, right? And before you know it, like if I had, if I ask you now, like how'd the week go, you might go like, well... That thing of like staying connected with God throughout the day and staying aware of Him and talking with Him, that, you know, that's a new thing for me. So that's my challenge to you. And, and as we talked about that, I thought you might even ask the question, well, why do I do things or why didn't I do it? And that's what I want to focus on this morning. My, my title of my message this morning is, Why Do I Do What I Do? Why do I do what I do? Especially... Uh, under the, the thought of like how do I or why would I connect with God throughout the day? Speak with God and, and be with Him throughout the day. All right, so why do I do what I do? Well, there are all kinds of reasons that we do the things we do. If I asked you to analyze the things that you did yesterday, to really think about all the variety of things that you did, and then ask you to like think about, like, well, why did I do that? Like, why did I say that to that person? Why did I respond that way? 
Why did I participate in that activity? Why did I do that thing? Everything that you did yesterday, from getting up in the morning to the sandwich you ate, to the ball game that you watched, to the conversations that you had, everything that you did, you did it for a reason. Everything that you're doing today, you are here today for a reason. So the question is, why do we do what we do? And I think it would be a really healthy exercise for you to think about why you're doing what you're doing. And our ultimate goal is to, to decide, well, why don't I spend time with God throughout the day and connect with God multiple times throughout the day? All right, so I'm going to give you a list. If you're a fill-in-the-blank person in that worship guide, there are 12 things. And I want to tell you 12 reasons why you do what you do. I'm going to give you this list, and my goal is that you take that list with you. And maybe even you think about the things that you did yesterday, maybe the things that you've done this morning, and you really examine the question, why do I do what I do? And then we're going to look at that verse and talk about uh, connecting to God. All right, so here's our list, 12 things. First thing is need. Need. You do stuff because you need to do it, all right? It just needs to be done. Uh, you know, you, you clean something because it just needed to be cleaned. Why did you fix that sandwich? Because you have to eat, all right? You have to eat to live. There are things that you do, and you just do them because you need to do them. There must. Now, I need to warn you, there are a lot of things that we'll throw under that need thing that aren't really needs. You know, we'll put them under, well, I just needed to do it. Well, we're going to look at the other 12 things, but I just want to warn you about that. But absolutely, there are some things you do because they need to be done, all right? Um, so number two is an interesting thing. I'm going to call it destiny, destiny. And destiny is something you do because it's kind of like your lot in life. I know it is just interesting to me that as I was watching this Operation Christmas Child video, I noticed, now I don't know if you realize, but the guy who's head of Samaritan's Purse and he does the shoebox thing, his name is Franklin Graham. You may know that his father was this famous evangelist through the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, a famous evangelist named Billy Graham. Now here's Franklin doing the Samaritan's Purse. What jumped out at me was there was another dude on that video and it showed his name, and it was Edward Graham. Did you see that? Now, I'm sitting there going, I bet Edward Graham is Franklin Graham's son. And he's all into the Samaritan's Purse thing, too. Now, he may be choosing to do that because that's absolutely what he wants to do. I'm not casting aspersions on that whatsoever. But it is very common for somebody like that to get in a situation and go, well, this is just what I was born to do you know it's just my dad did this his dad did this. you know my dad and so it's my lot in life this is what I do right now we end up in those kind of things both good and bad and we're kind of in a situation and we're doing it and we're just like well why are you doing that well I just you know this is just what we do it's just what my family it's just what I do this is just my lot in life this is the way it was laid out for me so this is what I'm doing okay that's destiny Third, huge category, it's responding to feelings. We do a lot of things because feelings drive us to do them, okay? 
Feelings that drive us to either do things or to avoid things. So we, we all have feelings and we respond to them like they're demands on our life. They demand action. They demand us to act a certain way and we, we respond to them. <coughs> Some of those things are things like fear and shame and guilt and they cause us to avoid things. Like we're afraid of how that's going to turn out. You know, so I don't do it. I'm afraid if I don't do that, it'll just fall apart, so I do it. And so, again, this is real easy for us to classify as a need. Well, I'm doing it because I need to do it. Actually, you're doing it because you're afraid if you don't do it, that this is it. And so you're doing it out of fear, right? And now there are some other emotions like anger and excitement. They don't cause us to avoid stuff. They cause us to do stuff, right? You ever said something? Why would you say that? Well, I was mad. That's why I said it, right? Why would you say that? Well, my feelings were hurt. Or excitement. Why would you do this? I just, you know, I thought it would be fun. You know, and I just, you know. And so I just went for it, right? And so we have emotions and they drive us. And there are a whole lot of things that we do because feelings and emotions drive us to do them. Now, I need to tell you something. I believe that feelings and emotions are, are there to give us information, but they're not supposed to determine our actions. So the Bible will talk about things like fear. And, he, and Paul wrote to Timothy and says, hey, God didn't give us fear. God gave us power and gave us love and gave us self-control. He can give us fear. Fear doesn't come from him, Right? Or, Paul wrote things like about anger. He said, be angry, but don't sin. In other words, there's a feeling, but don't act on that feeling. It's information, like, it's important to note, why am I afraid? Why am I angry? Why am I upset? But don't let it drive us. But there are a lot of things that you do. You may have done something yesterday, and uh, you did it because you were angry. Auburn fans uh just saying fourth thing vice now vice is something that's very interesting it disguises itself as something that's in your best interest it often disguises itself as a need but it's really something that offers you temporary pleasure and unfortunately, a lot of times, long-term pain. Vices are purely selfish. Vice is an interesting word. We don't use it very often. When I was growing up and I was in school, we had a thing called a vice principle. Anybody have a vice principle when you were growing up? Growing up? Their job was to beat children. It was their job, literally. They were in charge of discipline, you know. And our vice principal, his name was Butch. Which, you know, no offense to the butchers of this world, but that's a great name for a vice principal, you know. I spent some time with Butch. Butch and I talked a few times, you know, growing up, you know. But there was a vice principal. We don't have those anymore. Now we have assistant principals, right? You know, they just assist. The ki- We're assisting kids now. Back then, we beat them. Vice principals, they're in charge of vice. You did something wrong. We even, police departments would have a department that was in charge of the vice, vice squad, like things that people were doing 
that actions, we're human, we fall into traps, there are things we want to do, they're very selfish, and we do them. It is very easy for something that may have been or could be a need or a good tendency or thing, and it can become a vice to us because it's leading us down a wrong path. It's causing us to do things and, and we should be doing something else or giving our attention to something else. These are vices. So there are some things you may have done and you did it because it was, it's a vice, okay? Well, you know, the second piece of cake that you ate, you know, the, you know, it's just different things like that. All right, fifth thing, passion. Passion. This is something you're, it fires you up. You love to do it. You don't need it. You don't need it. You just enjoy it. You really want to do it. All right? So some of you do things like, like if I, if I work in my yard, it's out of necessity. It is not out of passion. Right? But some of you work in your yard, and it would be out of passion. You love it. You know, you love doing that. You know? Some of you, you know, you, you love sports. You watched a ball game yesterday. You, you know, there's all kinds of things we do, and we do it because we love to do it. Some of you love to cook. Some of you love to draw. You, you're, it's a passion of yours. You're into it. Uh, a lot of this is art, music, and activities and different things, but it's a passion you have for it. You don't need it. It's, not for, it's, it's a little selfish, so you can see how this could turn into a vice. But no, it's a good thing, it's a passion. All right, number six. Check in the box. All right, check in the box. I, I was reading some different articles, and there was an article uh, by a guy named uh, Connors, Christopher Connors, and he had this on his list. I thought, that's an interesting one. I'm going to take that one. Checking the box. Um, so there are things in life that you just kind of want to experience, you want to do. It's not a passion, it's not a need, but you just do it. It'd be like, <clears throat> I've never tried sushi. I want to try it. You try it. Check the box. I've tried it. Okay? Never, never been on a zip line. I want to do that. Okay, now I've done it. Check the box. Right? I need to go visit my mother and dad. I haven't been in a while, but I need to go. I'm going to do it. Check the box. Could be a need. Could be other reasons. But, you know, you're just checking the box. You're getting something done. Sushi might become a passion, but right now it's just check the box, right? So we do some things. It's just like, okay, I did that because I wanted to get it done. I wanted to do it. I did it. Number seven, habits. Habits are great or bad. Depends on what they are, right? A habit is something you do, and it's designed literally for you to do it without having to think about it. It relieves you the pressure of having to choose freshly every time to do it. And you built that habit and you do it. Every time I walk in the door of my house, I take my keys and I hang them on this hook by the door. Now, you know why I do that, right? Because in my life, there have been times when I could not find my keys, right? So I finally, I built a habit, like, you better hang your keys right here, then you'll know where the keys are when you need your keys and you're not running around trying to find your keys, okay? There was one time in my life where my little toddler 
had one of those cars that you sit on and they scoot around on, you know what I'm talking about? And it has a lid and it has whatever. And we looked for three days for a set of keys. They were in the car, which is where keys should go for a two-year-old. And they had taken our keys and put them in their car, you know, riding around in them. But habits, you build habits. And so that's why you brushed your teeth this morning, we hope. And it's why you do other things you just kind of go through. We're going to talk about habits a little more in a minute. Eighth thing, you're doing it for a cause. It's a worthy cause. It's greater than ourselves. It's something important. We feel a call to take action on something, take pride in something. Others benefit from it. It's like the shoeboxes. It's a cause. We're spreading the gospel around the world. We're sending gifts telling the Christmas story, telling about Jesus, putting that evangelism message in there. We're sending it out. It's a cause. I'm doing a shoebox, okay? It's for a cause. Number nine, for show. Now, don't, don't throw this off too much. It's because we desire, as humans, affection. We desire admiration. We desire attention. And so some of the things we do we just do it because we're trying to draw attention or admiration or affection from someone else. I'll go ahead and tell you straight up, there are things that I do just because I want my wife to go, yay, Jim, thank you, Jim, right? Just do it just for that. Like, you're just doing it because you want them to say, like, Hey, good job. Thank you. You know, if you think I did that for any other reason, did I do it because it needed to be done? Did I do it because I wanted to do it because it's a passion of mine? No, I did it just so she would say thank you. Right? Good. Right? Earn some points. Right? So we do things for affectionate. Now, unfortunately, there's a lot of things we do, and sometimes that can be unhealthy. We're just trying to get the attention of other people and then if we don't get it we're frustrated we're trying to please somebody we're trying to you know appease somebody and we're just doing it to keep them whatever but we do things for that now there's a better reason to do something for someone and that's for love and that's number 10 the difference is when i do something for show i'm doing it so i can receive love right I did it for this. Love truly as I'm doing it for the per- I'm doing it because I want them to be pleased and happy. I'm doing it for their benefit. That's love. All right? Now, the 11th one might surprise you, but it's for myself. Okay? Sometimes we do things for ourselves. So our best actions are done for other people. You know, they're done out of love. But we're best positioned to love someone else when we've worked on ourselves. So sometimes you've got to work on yourself. We, we, um, when uh, my daughter was in college, um, she did this thing one time where she, uh, she invited all her friends to eat lunch with us. Uh, we met in a park under a pavilion, and she called it Ask My Parents. And she, this is how she sold it to her friends. She says, you can ask my parents things that you can't ask your own parents, and they'll give you a straight answer. And so we were really surprised. I mean, there was a bunch of uh, kids came, like 20 college kids, and then they peppered us with questions. And we're just answering the questions as best we can, you know, over a tray of Chick-fil-A. And, uh, 
And the most common questions were about relationship stuff. How do I find the right person? How do I know this isn't the wrong person? How do I know this is not a crazy person? You know, whatever. And, and really the basic conclusion that we kind of tried to draw with them, that we always try to teach our kids is, probably the best way to avoid attaching yourself to an unhealthy person is not trying to figure out if they're unhealthy, but for you to be healthy. Healthy people don't really attach themselves to unhealthy people very often. They don't do it. Usually when we attach ourselves to an unhealthy person, we're doing it because we're, we've got issues, and we're trying to fix those issues. And then what do you end up with? A couple, you know, two unhealthy people, right? So be healthy yourself. So there are a lot of things we do, and we do it for our own self-fulfillment. We do it because it's good for me, and I need to grow. You might be here today. You could be here for all kinds of reasons. You could be here because you think you should be here. All right? You, you could be here because for show, for affection, the person with you wanted you to be here, so you're here for them. There's all kinds of reasons you could be here. But the highest reason you could be here is I just need to be here for, for myself. I need to be here because I need to grow. I need to learn. Now, you also might be here, and you're, you're here, and you're going to serve. You're doing for others, right? So that you're doing something for other people. You're holding the door open. You're doing other things. You're working security. You're running the sound booth. You're doing something. You're playing an instrument. You're doing it for other people, right? So there's all kinds of different reasons we could be doing stuff, but doing something for myself and my growth is a really important reason, self-fulfillment. And then finally, number 12, is you're doing it for all of mankind. You're doing it for the greater good. You're driving down the road, you see an object in the road, it looks dangerous, you pull over on the side of the road, you get out, you pull that thing off to the side of the road. Well, why'd you do that? Well, I did it for the good of the community. I didn't want people to get hurt, so I'm trying to help out, right? And I'm helping people I don't even know who they are, I'm just doing it for the good of mankind, right? So we do things for them. Now, I just gave you 12 reasons, right? Now, you have to figure out why you sat through the Auburn game yesterday. You have to do that, right? You have to figure out, why did you say that to that person yesterday? You need to figure out why you chose that to eat at the restaurant instead of that. You need to figure out, why are you here today? You need to figure out, why am I making this shoebox, right? That's my challenge to you. Take the 12 things and think about the things that you do, the things that you did yesterday, the things that you're doing today, the things you're going to do tomorrow, and the question is, why are you doing what you do? There's a reason, there's a reason that you do what you do. Now let's shift gears. What I've been challenging you to do is, will you walk with God throughout the day? Will you, tomorrow morning, get up and talk with God? Turn your face and your eyes towards God and talk to Jesus. And then, throughout the day, it's your mid-morning break. It's lunchtime. It's late afternoon. It's in the evening. You just got home. It's at night. It's before you went to bed. Multiple times throughout the day, you are connecting to Jesus. You're turning your eyes to Jesus. 
You're going to that fountain of water and you're drinking from it. This is my challenge to you. This is what we've been talking about last week and this week. And why do you do what you do? And so I'm going to focus in on two things, and it's because this verse jumped out at me when we talked about this last week. It's Jeremiah 2.32. Now you're going to get why this jumped out to me. Because what is this week for me? What is it? Anybody know? It's wedding week. That's right. My daughter's getting married on Saturday. So it's crazy. This is wedding week. There's all these things that we gotta, we're going to have to do, right? And all this stuff we've got to get together and, and all these things. And in Jeremiah 2, verse 32, it says this. It says, Does a young woman forget her jewelry, a bride her wedding ornaments? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. So he's already made the, the water argument. Now he makes this argument. He says, why are you forgetting to spend time with me? Why are you going through Monday and you get to Tuesday and I say, hey, how was your connection with God yesterday? And you go, why does that happen? How did that happen? That's the question. Now it's Friday and I go, like, I had not seen you since Sunday. How has your connection been with God through the week? Have you talked with God? Did you do it multiple times a day? Are you connecting with Him? Are you walking with Him? You've heard that term, right? I'm walking with the Lord. I'm following Jesus. How has that been? And you go, not so... Mm. God's argument is, how does that happen? And He makes two arguments in this one verse. The first argument is, does a young woman forget her jewelry? And this is based on a habit. We do things because they're a habit. He says a young woman's going to get up and she's going to take her rings that she wears every day and her bracelet that she wears every day and her necklace that she wears every day and she's just automatically going to put them on. When she took them off, she laid them right there. She gets up and she takes them and she puts them on. Do you not have a set of habits you go through every day? I mean, every morning I get up and the first thing that I do is I reach over and I grab my watch and I put my watch on and then I grab my phone and I unplug it from its charger and then I get up and get out of bed. Oh, and I put my glasses on and I get up and get out of bed. And then I go where first? The bathroom. We all go to the bathroom. Uh, that's reason number one on your list. That's a need, Okay. And then I go straight to the kitchen and I make that cup of coffee we talked about last week. That is also reason number one. That is a need. Right? And then I go through my routine and you go through your routine and it's a habit. So one of the ways that we can connect to God is we build it as a habit. Does a young woman forget her jewelry? No. No. She puts that ring on every day. Every day. Just doesn't even think about it. It just goes on her hand, right? And so you do it every day. Where is it every day? Well, sometimes what you need to do is just stack a habit onto a habit that already exists in your life. If you take a shower every morning, why don't you try talking to God in the shower every morning? Do you, drive, do you commute to work every morning? Why don't you talk to God on your commute to work every morning? There are things that we do every day. Build the habit in every day. Tie it to the things you're doing and make it a habit. 
that you're spending time and connecting with God. That's God's argument. His argument is, if I brought it to today and Jeremiah was writing this, he says, does Jim forget to put his watch on every morning? Nope. He doesn't do it. He puts his watch on every morning. Right? Does Jim forget to have his cup of coffee every morning? Never. Never. If Jim travels to some foreign country, he makes sure that there's a way he's going to have coffee and he's 3,000 miles away. But even if he has to pack it in his suitcase and have some way of heating up water, he's got it because he's going to have his coffee. Why? It's my habit and it's important to me. So how can I go three days and not connect with God? The second argument is not habit, it's importance. It's important. You see, his second argument was interesting. The first argument was habit. Does a young lady forget her jewelry? No. Second argument has nothing to do with habit. Does a bride forget her wedding ornaments? Your translation might even say her wedding dress. So I'm going to say that my daughter on Saturday will do absolutely nothing that is habitual. Nothing. This is wedding day. This is not habit day. This is once in a lifetime day. Okay? She's going to wear things she's never worn before. She's going to do things she's never done before. She's going to have, she's not putting her makeup on. No, she's hiring somebody to come put her makeup on. Right? Yeah? They're coming to her. She's not going to them. They're coming to her and fixing her up. This is what we do. This is a day unlike any other day. So there's habits that we form for the everyday. But the other reason that we do things is because it is so, so important that we would just never let it go because it's important to us. And when something's that important, we just don't, we don't let it go. So I was at a wedding not long ago. I do a lot of weddings, right? Not doing this one, just walking her down the aisle, kicking back with mama. That's all I'm doing, not doing the wedding. But I do a lot of weddings. And one day, I was at the back. I was with the groom, you know, me, and there's the groom. And here's the best man, his father. And I'm doing my checks, you know, hey, groom, you good? You okay? You're a little sweaty? You good? You're all right? You know, and then I look at the the best man, the father, I said, you got the rings? And he went, oh, and ran. And I went, oh. I step out, I get the attention of the wedding director. I says, we're going to be a minute. See, what happened? I said, the best man just ran off. He's like, what? You know? He left the rings in the glove compartment of his truck in the parking lot. So in just a couple of minutes, he comes back, and he's huffing and puffing. This is why you don't want a 50-year-old as your best man. He's huffing and puffing. He's got the yard, you know, and now he's sweating. One sweating for nerves, one sweating because of exercise. And they're like, they're there. You got the rings. We got the rings. Okay, we're good to go. We're going to go. But the reason you don't forget things is because they're very important. I'm going to prove it to you. This week, one day, this happened. I don't know how it happened. Just every once in a while this happens. I got in my car. I started driving off. And I realized as soon as I drove off and started down the road, I did not have my phone. Any of you ever do this? You ever do it? 
You ever leave without your phone? Now let me ask you a question. What do you do? Absolutely, you turn around and you go back home. You do it immediately. It doesn't matter if you're now going to be late. You can even say that as an excuse these days, right? Somebody says, why were you late? I forgot my phone. I had to turn around and go back and get it. And people go like, oh, of course. We're not leaving without our phone. We're not coming to church without our phone. Like, we got to have our phone. Like, we, you know, I got to have my phone. I got to be connected. You know, what if somebody needs to contact me? Or what if I need to call? I need my phone, right? No mophobia. That's a, that's a real thing. You know, I don't have my phone. All right? And so we turn around. And I did it. I drove out, I turned out of my drive, I went down the road, I didn't even make it like a quarter of a mile, and I went, oh, don't have my phone, turned around, went back to the house, went in, grabbed my phone, back in the car. Why? Because it's important to me. If it's important enough to you, if it's important enough to you, you would not walk out the door of your house without connecting with Jesus first. You just wouldn't do it. And if you did, you'd pull over on the side of the road. And you go, we need to talk for a second, right? You just wouldn't do it. You wouldn't make it to 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Because you would realize, just like not have had a drink all day, you would like, my body's telling me, I need a drink. My soul's telling me I'm thirsty. I need to talk to Jesus. So my challenge to you, threefold now, right? One, look at the things you're doing, the things you're saying, the way you acted, the way you responded, what you chose to do, and ask yourself the question, why am I doing this? And I gave you a list, okay? Second then, Can we build into our life that I want to connect with Jesus throughout the day? Every day of my life. And I can do that if I'll build it as a habit. And I will do it if it's really important to me. And the great thing about habits is it takes about three weeks. But if you do something every day for three weeks and you stack it on to another habit and you do it every day for three weeks... It'll just, it'll, it'll start being automatic for you. This is just what I do. I just hang my keys by the door when I walk in. It's just what I do, right? It's just the way I do it every day. I just go in there and I put my coffee cup and I grab it and I start the coffee. I just do it every day the same way. And I connect with Jesus every day, you know? I just take that break and I run into the coffee room every day and I just shut the door and I just turn my eyes to Jesus You know, I get in the car, and I crank it, and I pause, and I take a breath, and I just turn my eyes to Jesus. I pull into the driveway in the carport, and I hit the button to close the garage door, and while it's closing, I sit there, and I just turn my eyes to Jesus. Will you turn your eyes to Jesus? It's worth it. And here's the kicker. If you're spending time with Jesus... What it will greatly affect is the reason you're doing what you do. And it will affect what you do. It will affect what you say. It will affect what you choose to do, what you choose not to do. Because now I'm walking with the one every day 
who helps me not fear, who helps me deal with anger, who helps me know what's important and what is wise. And I'm walking with him, and it changes my life. That's why. So I want to pray for you, and then we're going to sing a song. And the song says, I'm going to turn my eyes to Jesus. Would you pray with me? Dear Lord, thank you so much for who you are, that you even want to be with us every day, that you want to spend time with us, hang with us, and connect with us. And so, Lord, as we, as we walk with you, I just pray that we would see that transformation in our life. There's someone here this morning, they're just going to make a commitment right now. Lord, I just want to spend time with you the rest of this day and tomorrow. I wanna, I'm, I'm, I'm going to commit. I'm going I'm to stack a habit with it. And I'm going to build into my life time with you and watch you work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our prayer that it's been helpful in this part of your life journey. We invite you to join us at Kusada Sunday mornings for worship. Visit our website at kusadabaptist.org for directions and more information about our church.